Blog Talk Radio. Accident free the very first three months out on the road. 
And I thought to myself, geez, uh, is that really that hard to do? <laughs> but, but, yeah, I, I guess it is because I'm, I'm, here, I'm here at the headquarters in Pontytown, Arkansas. This is, this is the headquarters for Pam's Transportation who I'm working for and driving for. And, uh, and they got big uh, old area lot where it's all these crunched up trucks and all these crunched up trailers. And I'm thinking, well, Maybe it is hard to go three months without an accident. <laughs> I'm thinking if they have to give an award away for it, it it's probably a rarity. <laughs> that's, kind of, that's kind of scary. But we were also worried that our today's guest might not call in. Uh, we both saw him posting and posting like crazy for days, maybe even over a week now, and I saw him post just prior. So I knew he'd call in, but as you told him, <laughs> I was getting a little antsy. And you said, no problem, we can just wing it. Or what did you say about winging it? Oh, it's not hard to wing it. And I said, that sounds like something yeah. sexual a guy would say to a girl. <laughs> yeah, I, I said, sometimes it doesn't get hard, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> probably because you're winging it. <laughs> yeah, probably. Maybe maybe I, I, maybe I decided to stop making it fly, huh? <laughs> So what else so, is going? Know, what else is going on the road? What's happening out there on the road, going interstate? Well, since last week, let's see. What have I been since last week? What was I last week? Do you remember? Oh hell see, no! Because the Alzheimer's creeps kicking in again. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. I think I think I was around North Carolina or someplace around there. But since last week, let's see. I visited. I visited. Uh, let me get out my list of paperwork here, and then I can figure out where I visited. I visited, <laughs> I, I, I visited. I visited one of my favorite places of all time. You know, uh, is, Went it's, to it's only because, <laughs> no, it's, it's Eckingham, Illinois, because I know for a fact that the founders of that town really wanted to call it Buckingham, but they knew they wouldn't be able to put it on the sign, so they put Effingham in place of it. Yeah, but effing, how many letters? E-F-F-I-N-G, F-U-C-K-I-N-G. It's what, a difference of one letter? E-F-F-I-N-G. Yeah, one letter difference. Yeah, but, you know, you know, there's children going by on the freeway, so they can't have ah, fucking out on the sign. There so, you yeah. go. Could they not have uh, yeah. a number sign and an asterisk? Yeah, yeah, you just, yeah, that'd be kind of cool, you know, F and then all these weird, you know, symbols and, <laughs> F symbol 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 eating ham. There you go. And I see I've been in Clyde, Ohio. I, I actually uh I actually ended up in Clyde, Ohio. I thought that was rather interesting, you know. Who would name the freaking town Clyde? Um Mr. Clyde. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Or I've been Bonnie. in Jeffersonville. I've been in Jeffersonville, Ohio. I've been in South Turney, New Jersey. Uh, I also was in Lakewood, New Jersey, and uh, and we actually broke down in Lakewood, New Jersey, for a short period of time. We really didn't break down. The trailer was messed up, and they had now to come out and fix that. that's what an award for, is most amount of time not breaking down. Well, the thing is, is, is the, truck, the truck didn't break down. It's, it's the trailers, you know, and, uh, and I probably cost the company more money in repairs on trailers than anybody else because I refuse to drive a trailer that has anything wrong with it. You know, a lot, a lot of people, they don't even look. They just hook up and go. Me, I, I look at everything because, you know, if I get a ticket for it, you know, that that's on me, and I have to pay that crap. And, you know, I don't want to be paying out money to 
the government because Pam didn't fix their trailers, you know. So, so you know, we had to repair on that on that particular trailer repair was about seven hundred dollars. Ah, now that so, wouldn't that would have been fun if if you'd got a ticket for that. I don't know what the ticket yeah, was. Yeah, that would have been about three or four thousand dollars. So, wow. You know, definitely. And so you know, been there, been in Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania. Spent a lot of time in Willard, in Willard, Ohio, and Finley, Ohio, and and we actually picked up we picked up a load, in in, uh, in uh, what was it? It was in uh, Napoleon, Napoleon, Ohio, and it was Campbell Soup, and we delivered it to a town called Maxton, North Carolina, hmm. and I've been in Dunn, North Carolina, Richmond, Indiana. And uh, and now here in in Tonky Town, Tonky Town, Arkansas. Isn't that a weird name? It should be Honky Tonky Town. <laughs> <laughs> well, not really. If you saw it, you'd say it should be called Boardsville, man. <laughs> Have you got to hook up with just... anybody yet on your ventures? You wanted people to hook well, up with in the different towns you've been at, and you were going to film it. Yeah, I know. You know, it's like I take and I post and I post and I post. I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. And everybody says, oh, that's great. You know, cool, fantastic. They don't show up. <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel like I must have the plague or something. They're scared of me or something, man. They're afraid to show up. They're afraid I might. Maybe, I, maybe they're afraid I'll embarrass them, you know. <laughs> well, you did say that a, a, a prerequisite was that they not be camera shy. So maybe they're just camera shy, Michael. Yeah, now you know if they told me they didn't want to be filmed, I wouldn't film them. You know, but, but you know it, it would it would be fun to meet. Some, you know, I've got okay, everybody. Cut my co-host some slack. He occasionally goes to a town where he has to spend two or three days and is bored out of his mind, and he wants to do lunch or do coffee. <laughs> yeah, or 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 do you if you're hot and sexy? Uh, yeah. <laughs> It wasn't directed at me. That was directed at anybody, any random male. Not anybody. Not anybody. I don't swing both ways, okay? Now, let's get back to it real quick. Random female. Random. Female. <laughs> the right part. Yes, there, there you go. There you go. That's much better. Yeah, it's, been, it's been rather interesting. And here in Tonky Town, which is right next to it's it's right next to Bentonville, which is, you know, home of Walmart. And uh, and Springdale and all these other little towns are all they're all like all together. It's almost like a a miniature version of L.A. You know, you got you got the main town and then everybody all hooked to the side of it. Oh God! But you know, it's like you know, I I I don't know if I have any friends. Well, I don't. I don't know if I have any Facebook friends that live in this area. But I'm gonna be here till Saturday. So, so I'm I'm getting a little bit of a vacation, I guess. If you want to call it a vacation, living in a truck, sitting here in the in a gravel yard with a whole bunch of other trucks. But uh, yeah, I'm getting a little bit of a vacation here while while they audit all my stuff and make sure that I'm compliant with everything. And okay, so where that's are you at right now? Where are you at right now? Honky on Saturday? Town. Honky Town, Honky Pennsylvania. Town. No, Arkansas. Oh, sorry. Anybody in Pennsylvania, don't show up. <laughs> Honky Town, Arkansas. If anybody wants to get together with Michael, my friendless co-host, contact him on Facebook. 
before Saturday. He would love to do coffee or do you if you're hot and sexy. Anyways, we better move along to bringing our today's guests on. We have with us. Yeah, and, yeah. and you know, this this particular topic today, we want to let everybody know, is, is, is actually a very serious topic. Uh, something we don't do very often is get serious, but but uh, this topic is definitely serious, and and uh, and you know I I want people to to be what you know to to hear and and be aware of some of these things that we're going to be talking about today. I think it'll be a great show. And if while we're on the air, anybody would like to call in and speak to either Michael or I or CJ, the guest call-in number is three four seven two zero five nine nine four three. Make sure you press the number one so that it will put you into the queue and we know to bring you in because. There are callers, listeners who call in and listen to the show via their phone and do not want to be brought into the queue. So remember to press 1. But we have with us today author C.J. Cassidy, and we're going to go ahead and bring him in right now. C.J., how are you? I'm doing great, Carrie. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing really good. I'm so excited to have you here today. This has been a long time in the planning. Yes, it has. Um I know that I I billed you on our ad for the event as being I I believe that I put down domestic violence survivor, but I could be wrong. It might have been child abuse. Uh, actually, and a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Okay, and we are going to be talking about that, and that's the seriousness of today's show that Michael was addressing uh, as far as our listenership goes. Um, but you are also an an author. Now, would you classify your writing as more romance or erotica or a conduit for uh, victims and survivors of abuse? Can you just kind of clue us in a little bit more? Well, basically, my novels are based on the true life stories of some of the women that I have met in my life who have been victims of child abuse, domestic violence, uh, sexual assault. Um, the strange thing about my novels are is that these are vibrant, sexually active women who have a love of life, and my books are extremely erotic, but they're also full of uh, pain and patina. Uh, it's... Uh, you know, it's, it's it's what happens. You know, we're not just one thing in our lives. We have many facets. And exactly. my, novel sh- my, my novel shows the entire uh, range of these women, you know, their, their pains, their pleasures, their trials, their tribulations, and finally their, uh, you know, their breakthroughs. So it's very Okay, now the first thing that came to my mind as you were explaining that, that, it, you know, the multifacets and that they actually are pretty romantic and erotic, is the people who live in boxes and bubbles who when a girl for, and this is just an example because it's so cliche and it happens a lot, unfortunately, a girl who's been raped and they look at what she had on and, and, you know, maybe she had a halter top and booty shorts and said, well, you know, she asked for it. So when you're turning around and you're saying that you're relaying um, you're writing a novel, but it's based on truth and these people's lives and, and women and men who have suffered. Um, am I right in saying men as well? Oh, yes, men as well. Okay, women and men who have suffered child abuse and they've suffered domestic violence and abuse. Um, do you ever get any responses like that from outsiders looking in who say, you know what, <laughs> this is just plain and simple uh, well, it wouldn't be porn, I guess, because it's writing, but or it could be pornographic writing. It's it's erotica. It's uh, these women were that sexually active. They probably they asked for everything they got. Do you get, ever get that 
ridiculous response? Well, this is one of the main reasons why I protect Catherine's identity, because she has been attacked on the Internet as a liar and a coward uh, because of the fact that how can you be complaining about physical abuse and you're into BDSM? Those are two right. very distinct, different things. One right. is a consensual act between two people, and the other one is an ass-kicking, if I may say so, that you didn't want nor deserve. There are two different things. And Catherine exactly. also uh, stated one more thing. You can have sex with a man 999 times. The moment you said no, that's when you've been sexually abused. It's, it has nothing to do that's with the previous... That's when you withdrew your consent. Exactly. And there are too many people who sit there and say, oh, but, you know, she's used to that kind of thing. Yes, but that doesn't mean she, you. She doesn't mean that she doesn't get to change her mind. Exactly. You know, it's like once you've traveled that path, it's okay. And if you're so into being uh, tied up and and being uh, disciplined, what's the problem with a man hitting you in the face because you didn't cook dinner that night? There are two different things, and I make that distinction in my books. Uh, there's one point in which um, Catherine and Nicholas are playfully having uh, a row, and he puts Catherine over his knee, and just before he's about to spank her, she says, don't you dare hit me. He stopped and let her up. That's the difference. She was in right. control, not him. Exactly. So basically, these people who are responding negatively towards your writing mm -hmm. or the subjects of your writing have not read the books. They have read the books. But just because you read something doesn't mean you understand it. There are people sure. who read my books solely for the sexual aspect aspect of it, which is quite amazing, because I'm quite amazed at the at the sexual prowess of these women and the men that they're with, but some, some also read it for the storyline. You have to understand, Catherine goes through, which is my first novel, A Tortured Soul, goes through a change. First of all, she finds herself in an abusive relationship and doesn't understand how it happened, and now she finds herself with a man who understands her who's willing to give her what she wants but leaves her in control so she can take control back of the pain that she receives. Some people see that story, which is a, a, you know, the story of, you know, here's a woman who's powerful, she's intelligent, she's vibrant. She finds herself in a situation that she doesn't understand how she got into it, and now along here comes her, may I say, knight in shining armor, who not only right. gives her what she wants but pulls her out of that, that life of pain and heartache and gives her back her control. Right, but some readers would view that as if she's that powerful a woman, there's no way in heck she could have been abused. Yes, and I have uh, I have two answers for that. One, Oprah Winfrey. The other one is Joyce Myers. Right. Okay. Exactly. Don't don't automatically assume anything. People in power don't necessarily have control of their emotional lives. Um. And this is what happened with Catherine. She's, Catherine loves sex. She's not a nymphomaniac, but she loves sex. She kept dating younger men, and in the course of these men not being able to understand her maturity and sexuality, began to try to control her. The control started with verbal abuse. It went into physical abuse. And then what happened was, like Pavlov's dog, she got equated the pain to the sex. So she dealt with the pain they gave her so she could have the sex she wanted. Nicholas pulled her out of that dangerous cycle of, 
of self-destruction and said, no, if you want pain, you may have it. If you have, want sex, you may have it. Do not equate one with the other. Right, right. Now, as, as you've already mentioned, most of your writing is novels based on truth. Yes. How much of it is actually catharsism, so your personal experiences? Wow. <laughs> Um, I went. I went through. Uh, I went through some child abuse as a child, and my sisters went through an incredible amount of child abuse as children and young adults. Um, I, after leaving my home and getting to the point where my mother couldn't hurt me anymore, because it just wasn't. It was ridiculous. I mean, I'm I'm six foot two, two hundred pounds, and she's four foot eleven, weighs you know ninety pounds, soaking wet with a flashlight and lunch. She couldn't hurt me anymore. Um, right. I, I walked into a relationship, a very loving relationship, and then one night she showed her true side that she liked to be beaten she, because she was in the same type and she wanted to be beaten and she wanted me to hurt her and she tried to hurt me to get me to lash out at her. And, now, uh, did you recognize that or is this more a retrospect thing? This is retrospect. Because at the time, okay. it was, you know, you're in a relationship. This, this is the thing. This is the thing that people don't get. You're in a loving relationship, and I've written this on a blog. It develops over time. You do not go on a date. You carry it in your own, in your own world. Do not go on a first date with a man, and the guy reaches over the table and punches you in the face, and you go, this is the man for me. No, ever. Ever. <laughs> no one goes through that. No, it starts off very slowly. First, it's a little controlling over here. Then it's, I don't like what you're wearing, and I don't like you hanging out with your family. And they start to, you know, like, um, to cut you from the herd. Now, right. he becomes more and more control of your life. Then all of a sudden, it's the abusive. You know, you know, you don't look in that dress. You know you've gained a little weight. You know you're a little too thin. You, and they start controlling that aspect. Then it's more of the verbal abuse. Then it's the, 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 the unkind words and the harsh words. And the next thing you know, here comes that backhand which you expect because you've been you're little by little being uh made numb to what the previous abuse is. Right. And a woman and a woman and I hate to say this, once a woman has nested and gotten into a relationship, she's not likely to walk away. She thinks yeah, it, it's, not... it's my fault, I can fix this. He only hits me when he's mad. He only hits me he when he's drunk. He's had a bad day. He's had a bad day. Yeah. It's not his She makes fault. excuses. And, yes, it's a comfort zone. And yes. she's not, even though she would prefer things to be another way, one of the options is not leaving because that would mean admitting failure and also having the strength to leave. And really, truthfully, everything you just described is she's been beaten down. Yes. Not just physically, but emotionally. Exactly. You know, so she now the self-esteem. Do you think a lot of women like that? I'm sorry. Do you think a lot of women like that? Do you think a lot of women like that suffered abuse as children, and that's why that they tend to go towards uh, men that, that treat them poorly? That's not necessarily so, because Catherine's family were wonderful. She loved her father. Her father was not an abusive man. Neither was her mother. It just you, you, it's like it's like it's like a person who loves shellfish and all of a sudden out of nowhere develops an allergy. Right. So, you know, don't get me wrong, if you, uh, I was an abused child, I got into a domestic uh, relationship which I got out of immediately because this woman at three o'clock in the morning boiled a pot of water and tried to throw it on me while I was sleeping. Ah. Uh. 
I packed my bags that night and left. I never got to the point. I never hit her, and I never allowed her to hit me. But, you know, to sit there. It could have gone either way. It could have gone either way. suffered abuse, you could have then continued the cycle. Exactly. So do people who have abusive childhoods have, you know, grow to abuse their children? Some do. Some do not. It's there's no pattern. There's no you know, there's no warning sign. It happens. You know, sometimes it's you know, it happens at a young age and it continues. Sometimes it happens in your mid thirties, your mid fifties. Uh Maggie, one of uh Catherine's friend on the job, didn't become physically and sexually abused until she was in her late fifties. Yeah. You know, she got out. But you you just never know. There's no you know, you can't point at something. if you looked at me at at six foot one, two hundred and fifty pounds, and I look like a professional wrestler. And I were to say to you, I was a victim of child abuse and I was a victim of domestic violence, you would look at me and say, What are you kidding me? You can body slam anyone, you you can most certainly defend right. yourself. This has nothing to do with physical types, it has nothing to do with ethnic or racial stereotypes, it has nothing to do with tradition. It has to do with Or gender. Or gender, because I'm 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 a man. You know, for for a man to say that I was I was I was a victim of domestic violence, no matter what my size, people go, but you're a man. But exactly. she beat my ass. Right. <laughs> right. And people exactly. And people and you know and the statistic is approximately one out of every three women have been in in some shape or form either abused as a child or as an adult. And How many men? What's the status on men? That's the thing about men. Men are less likely to admit. To report it. Yeah. Or admit nobody it, wants, yeah. No man wants to admit that a female, a mere woman, has that kind of yeah. control over him. And it's, yeah, um, so they would never have realistic statistics on the males, no, but even the females, I mean, not every female it. reports it either, so you know that it's larger it's than of what course. you and, and it's still high. It's very it's high. It's huge. Because a lot of people don't know what abuse is. Oh, that's you know what? You... I have found that, you know, that really hits home because that is so true because, uh, you know, it's so easy to excuse and say, but he didn't close his fist and hit me. That's right. He he was just restraining me. He yeah. was, and women, I don't I don't know. I, I was going to say women more so than men, I think, but that's my opinion, do mm-hmm. that. But maybe in your experience, I'm wrong too, and it's just as many men as women will make excuses for their partner or, or whoever is doing will. the abuse. They you know, it's not will. really they didn't close their fist and clock me. So yeah, it really it wasn't doesn't abuse. Count. It really doesn't count. It no, doesn't it count. And emotional abuse. It's like how do you even define that? Mm-hmm. Because everybody has their different boundaries, and exactly. everybody's been raised differently. So they're exactly. used to being around this, that, or the other. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's that's really difficult to even define. Yeah. And at what point do you have to say no? I've had enough. That's where the problem comes in. People don't know when it when to say no. I've had enough, and that was the biggest uh, uh, thing that Nicholas had to treat, uh, teach Catherine is when to say when. Right. Right. And why why do you think the biggest reason is for that? Do you think it's fear, or they really are deluded into thinking that that person will change, and so it's another day, another day, another day? There are so many reasons. The reason that you said people are deluded. Uh, the nesting, you know, I can fix this. No, it's not. It's not his fault. It's my fault. You justify. Well, you know, I was being a B today, and I kind of deserved it. Uh, you know, 
this I your, started it. I started it. <laughs> you know, he had a bad day. Uh, you, you know, everybody tries to justify and, you know, and say, well, it was okay, it wasn't that bad, you know, or, or they say, well, I got mine in, you know, I hit him back, yeah. so it's okay. No, it's, 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 it's a cycle that has to be stopped immediately where you say, listen, I'm not going to put up with that behavior. And you also have to, you have to have the strength and the power to say, and I'm going to leave. Um, one of my very first readers, um, I sent her a copy of my first book, which was A Tortured Soul, uh, the unauthorized biography of Nicholas Anderson. I made up a fake contest on the Internet, and I told her that she won, and I sent her right. the book. She read it. It was a year later that while she was cleaning the house, she picked up the novel, looked on the face on the cover, and she said, damn it, if she can do it, I can do it. And she packed up her kids and left a 17-year abusive relationship with her husband. Her husband beat her. Her husband left her. Her husband came back and raped her. And she said, wow. I have had enough. She packed her bags. She left her house. She moved to another state with her children. And she contacted me, and she said, CJ, I lost my house. I lost my job. I had to leave my dog behind. And then she said, thank you for saving my life. I cried like a baby. Wow. That that's when it makes your work all worthwhile. It made it it was it was that was it and and the funny thing is I wasn't going to publish the the novels at all. It was just more of um well, like I said earlier, a, a cathartic thing for you to do to get it out of your system. Like a lot of people will tell, you know, psychiatrists and and sociologists and psychologists, mm -hmm. you know, write the person who's abused you a letter and then throw it away or yeah. i mean i know a lot of them want you to see it through to fruition oh but gosh. you know you've heard of that exercise as everybody has oh, you know? when you're frustrated and angry right 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 and then just throw it away lived it. i had one reader of mine and i and she's not afraid for me to tell you know who she is so her name was natalie she was an exotic dancer and we got contacted through my novels and i i started helping her to write her bio the Secret Diary of a Naughty Dancer. We spent four years working on her book. Wow. She had been uh, sexually abused at nine years old. Her mother was a crackhead, and one of her uh, her suppliers came in while she was high and said, why do I want the mother? Here's a perfectly good when virgin in the, the next daughter. room. Yep. And she had been constantly being raped and po uh, poffered back and forth between her crackhead friends. Um, she got out, she became a dancer, you know, she got out, I think she said about 15 or 16 years old, she got out of the house, became a dancer, she hooked up with a guy who was abusive, and he beat her one day so badly that he called the police on himself because he thought he killed her. When oh the police God. arrived, she was lying in a pool of her own blood and vomit, she was in a coma for three to four days, and to that, to this day, she says she doesn't understand why he beat her because the last thing she remembers saying is, I love you. We spent four years wow. working on her book. It wasn't until three and a half years later that she was finally able to write to me, CJ, I love you. And that was the biggest thing in her world. That's for her. To be, to be able to say those three words to anybody again. Once oh, yeah, she did after that, having gone through that? Right. Once she did that, and we wrote her entire story from start to finish, and we talked about all the things that happened in her life, she never published her novel. She said, I don't have to now. I'm fixed.
Wow. Wow. So that's one that was not published. Right. It's not. I have the manuscript here. a lot of time on. And, and it wasn't wasted time because she came out. She got out of the business. She found a very nice young man who understood her and loved her unconditionally. And every once in a while, she'll send me a note. I, I haven't heard from her in like two two years, and all of a sudden, I'll get a note from her saying, "Just checking out. I'm I'm fine. Aww. I'm doing well." And then she she just like Catherine did because I no longer have contact with Catherine and Jennifer. Right. As of October the 13th, when she had her her daughter, um, we've cut off all communication for her protection. Right. Exactly. Which is a really I don't think people understand how difficult. A decision that is, and how much integrity you have to have as a writer and as a personal friend to actually honor that. CJ, we have a caller. I'm going to go ahead and bring him or her in. Hi, caller. You're on the air. Hi, CJ. It's Donna. Hi, Donna. Hello. How are you doing? Hi, baby? Donna. How are you? I'm good. How are you? We're great. Did you have a question for CJ? Um, I'm actually. Uh, a long-time friend of CJ's um, from online, and I just need to tell CJ that if I wish I met you about 20 years ago <laughs> because of the abuse that I dealt with as a child um, up until probably 26 or 27 um, with my first marriage when I said I've had enough, I can't take anymore. And like our mutual friends, Yes. Packed up our stuff and left. And Can I ask you a I personal know. question, Donna? Sure. sure. Were you in a financial position to leave, or did you have to really rely on family and friends uh, to um, you know, I, I get did, you out of that I, situation? I did not rely on any family because my family, I was brought up strict Catholic. Um, I was abandoning my husband. Um, mm-hmm. yep. And... I was. I had to save myself and save my boys, and wow. I decided to just pack up and leave. Didn't know where I was going. Didn't know what I was going to do, mm-hmm. um, and have not looked back. Good for you. Have not looked back. I mean, I've been with my husband now for 15 years. We have our ups and downs. And CJ, you know this. <laughs> yes, I do. Um, but he is. Nothing like my ex-husband. My ex-husband was a drinker. He was a druggie. Um, he was an abuser. My husband now right. has never laid a finger on me. He has never drank. He has never touched a drug. And Are I you never good with your children? He raised my boys. My boys, my baby, will be 21 in January. Um, Are they twins? Raised... No, 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 no. <laughs> my, my, my baby is 20. His brother is 21, and then his older oh. brother is 26. Um, he awesome. has raised he has raised my boys since they were six, seven, and eleven. Wow, that's a good yeah. man right there. That's a key yep. for. Yeah, I mean we have our ups and downs, and every marriage does. Uh, right. More more downs than ups, but you know. <laughs> um. <laughs> but, but much much better than the last roller coaster ride than you were on. Uh, yes. I mean, one one thing in particular is that I can remember, and CJ, you know, that I've blocked a lot out. Mm-hmm. Um, I had come home from the hospital because I was having medical issues and I was on painkillers, and I woke up at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. I don't even know what time it was. 
and my husband was raping me because I was out on pain pills. Wow. And I went and I told my mom what he had done the next day, and she goes, he didn't rape you. He was performing his husbandly duties. Oh, I've heard oh, that. Ouch. And then at that moment, I knew I could no longer go to my mom. But at the same time, my mom and dad were the ones who severely abused me as a child. Mm -hmm. Severely abused me. Um, Uh And I I don't remember a lot of my childhood. I blocked so much stuff out. But it's like I I want to try and remember, but I'm scared because obviously your mind blocks it for a reason. Yep, to protect you. Exactly. Exactly. So, and CJ gave me some great advice the other night. He was like, "Have somebody with you, you know, where if you need somebody in that room, if you're being hypnotized or whatever, you know, you're in a safe place." Yes. Yes. Exactly. Always Always. there for me to talk to. CJ is—he's kind of my shoulder, even though we've never met. I can message yeah. him at any time during the day or night, and he gets back to me. And that's how our relationship is. Yes, and he's absolutely he, a presence in his friends' lives. That's that's is. for sure. I mean, I read his first book, um, and then I just finished the trilogy, and I'm waiting for the next. <laughs> I'm waiting <laughs> for the next ones because it's like I can't put them down. And I've referred to so many of my friends like, stop reading, you know, pictures of crazy. You have to go to CJ. You have to read his book. You know, put that stuff down. Well, that's a great but, segue into how many how many books do you actually have available, CJ, and where can people pick those up? Oh, dear. Let's see. As of today, I have published or helped publish 13 books. Wow. Yeah, exactly. In the last ten years, it's been it's been quite a it's been quite an experience for me. It, my books start off with a tortured soul, the unauthorized biography of Nicholas Av, uh, Anderson, which is available on Amazon dot com and Kindle, and it uh, ends off with the trilogy in which my three three of the women who I've written about knew each other, so their lives intersected. So that became the Tortured Soul trilogy of uh, Pain and Pleasure, which is now the hot book, which is now avail- is now selling globally. And is that the one you're talking about, Donna? Yes, the one she just finished reading. Yeah. Okay. And then I have a few more books, uh, which are, are fiction, um, uh, Bloodlust of the Rising, Tales from the Dungeon of uh, Pleasure and Pain, and uh, and I'm working on a, on six more novels as we speak. Um, but they were all available from Amazon.com and Kindle, and you can look them up and um, and pick up one of those books. You know, and like I said, as, and as Donna will attest, they're very hot, they're very sexy, but there's a story behind them. There's a trial, there's a tribulation, there's a breakthrough at the end uh, of these amazing women. Well, now we've just got a great example from Donna calling in. That um, and feel free to stick around, Donna. That's fine. That's why I've kept you online. Um, you know, her calling in and, and sharing with us how much of a help you've been to her. And then you mentioned this one that you spent four years writing, and she said, you know, it was fine that that it really helped her move past, and she yeah. keeps in touch with you. Yeah. Um, it's like a pay it forward thing, or the domino, or ripple effect, whatever you want to call it, but. You know, I don't think you ever really will ever know the total extent 
of the far-reaching effects of what you do, but do you have any idea of um, uh, even a modest number of people that you think you've personally helped that you're aware of? As of today, it's 42 women who have changed or gotten out of their abusive relationships because of my novels. And as of yesterday, uh, another young lady contacted me to write her bio, so I'm looking to personally touch the life of number 43. That's awesome. And that's certainly the ones who have come forward. I'm in tears right now. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's, 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 certainly the ones who have come forward. I mean, I can just, it's got to be so much more. Oh, it's got to be. I mean, of each of those 43 who talks to, you know, 10 people and and maybe, I don't know, one or two are in an abusive relationship, so maybe one of the two gets out of it. I mean, you have no idea that the whole pay-it-forward concept, the whole Amazing. being of service and, and you know, it, being far-reaching. And mm-hmm. it's so evident in all your friends and their postings and their comments and the way that they respond to you, yeah. how helpful you've been to so so many more than Mm-hmm. That 43. Definitely, definitely. And CJ, I just need to say one thing, and you know that I have to say this every time <laughs> I speak to you or see you. No words are needed. And you know what I'm going to say, and you know what I'm going to say behind it. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> that I love you more. I love you most. <laughs> love you most, and you know that. <laughs> More than all the pennies in the world. Oh, my goodness. I love, I love him for infinity and back. I, he <laughs> is just, he's my rock. He is, and I cannot wait until one day that I can actually have the honor of saying that I have met him. And just give him a hug that he deserves. And just We need to have out. a big Facebook party where all of our people who are so... Important in our lives. Oh my God. You know, we all congregate somewhere and get to have that opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Oh, man. Well, Donna, thank no, you very much fine. for calling in. And I'm just going to mute you out in case you want to continue listening to the show on your phone. If not, you can go to your computer and, and listen yeah, to the I already list. have it playing on my computer, too. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks so much for calling in, sweetheart. Oh, God. I You're love welcome. you so much. TJ, thank you so much. I love you, too. Love you, baby. Donna's the friend of the young lady who left her husband after 17 years. Um, oh, talking really? About, talking about paying it forward, she gave the book to Donna after she read it and said, you have to read this. You're going through what I went through and what these girls are going through, and that's how Donna met me is through a third party. Well, see, she's a real-life example of what I was just trying to ask you then. Exactly. That's, 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 why awesome. when you, that's why when you said you never know who it who the next person touches, she Donna's the prime example of exactly how that happened. I have another reader who's a fitness model out in California, and I sent her a copy of my books, and she went to a um, spa appointment, and she took the book with her. And her technician, who was doing her waxing, said, oh, what book is that? And she told her about it, and um, the gentleman broke down and started crying. He said, I've been physically abused since I was nine years old. And finally wow. had a breakthrough because of the fact that she just happened to walk into an appointment with the book in her hand, and he asked about it. So you never wow. know. See, like I, and that's the funny thing about it. Like I said, I wasn't going to publish these novels. I wasn't going to do it. Not because of my own abuse, not because of my own domestic violence. I wasn't that type of a writer. When Catherine met me, I wrote science fiction. I wrote, uh, you know, buddy Fantasy. movies, you know, the general PG-13 type of things. 
I'm not into BDSM. I'm not into whips and chains and tying people up. And to write a book about, you know, how she freed herself by being tied up and and bound, freed her, was something that I could not do. Well, it put you on a whole new learning curve, didn't it? I'm sorry? Or or at least a discovery curve. Writing that with her put you on a whole new learning curve or a discovery it did, but I still don't do those things. It's that's not my. No, cup of exactly. Tea. Which I was going to say. Uh, mm-hmm. Are you a little bit surprised when people are, or, or are you understanding that people are surprised that you're not into that? Yes, they are very surprised. It's like, but you wrote a. It's the same thing. Like, be, but if you're if you're if you're into be, you like being a. No, I don't. I'm a writer. This is what I do. Right. I wrote the piece uh, because it was important. I was going to not write the piece, but. You know, I I spoke. With, I actually had to speak with my pastor, and he just looked at me and said, "Do not lean onto your own understanding. If this was put in your heart to do, and the and and the ducks are lining up for you to do this, there has to be a reason behind it. Don't think of what you think about it. Think about what the ultimate uh, reward is at the end. And 13 books later, and 42." hopefully now 43 women lives being changed was the reason for it absolutely and you couldn't possibly have seen that in advance of doing no it. way so I, I you just took a great leap of faith and, and, I, and i lost my job because of these books i was wow. i was fired from my job i mean it was never officially said that we don't want you because you're a porn writer but I because knew, they know better they <laughs> yeah you know, it was like, no, but you have to understand this is a powerful story of a woman's, you know, pain and heartache. And they went, yeah, but you you, you mentioned sex in it. We really don't want you to work here anymore because you're making everybody uncomfortable being here. Right. Michael, was there anything that you wanted to ask CJ or talk to CJ about before Hi, we kind of wrap this up? <laughs> Michael? I'm just sitting here... I'm sitting here just taking it all in, soaking it all in. It's oh, just I, very, very formative, you know. Hey, that's what she said. And to lighten the mood, to lighten <laughs> the mood. That's what she said. So please, I get that all the time out here on the road. <laughs> oh my! Yeah, it's just as, as far as you can tell, everybody. Just everybody knows me better than most, than I even know myself. It, you know, it's. It's difficult for me lots of times to to really get serious about anything, mm-hmm. and and I I don't know why that is, but that's just my personality. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's just like I used to joke around all the time because people would say, well, "Don't you ever get uh, you know? Don't you ever get you know like sad or depressed or anything?" I say, "Yeah, but it only lasts for about five minutes, and then I'm over it." You know, it's it's you know, but. But the thing that, that I like about that all day long, Michael. That's oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what. Yeah, no kidding. That'd be like about a five-hour show trying to analyze me. But, <laughs> but yeah, the thing, the thing, <laughs> the thing that I that I think I like the most about this is, is CJ, is you, you're you're writing you're writing on a topic that that is 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 really sensitive to a lot of people. And I think those that that, that either scoff at you or or you know, or like, you know, the people about the job, you know, and, you know, they, they can get ready for any reason, but the real reason usually is something totally different than what they tell you, mm-hmm. uh, is is because they cannot face their own fears. And, 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 and I think 
you know, everybody everybody has had, I think, sometime in their life, especially any of us of, of age, and I'm getting up there, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, you've experienced some form of abuse. Right. You know, whether whether it be spousal abuse or parental abuse or even even employer abuse. Because all, you know, everybody's experienced a, a certain type of an abuse, mm-hmm. but they never want to talk about it. Exactly. Because so many people are more comfortable uh, sweeping it under the carpet. And if yeah. you don't, right. you know, I remember sitting at a, and this is as personal as I'm going to get because I could go on and on, but I remember sitting at a family gathering mm, not more than two years ago, if that long where I thought I was the only one that my grandfather groped. And it never went further than that, but it was uncomfortable as a young lady. And my brother brought it up jokingly, yeah, Grandpa Comp in the field, and then we went through the whole family. I have six siblings, so there's six of us total, where all of my sisters had been groped by him. And my mother sat there just looking at us and then changed the subject. And it wasn't her father. It was my father who has been deceased for 21 years, but... She, no, it was not something that was going to be discussed. And I mm-hmm. thought, how can you not even acknowledge your children just all told you something mm-hmm. that you're acting, act, she didn't act surprised, she didn't react or respond at all. Do you get that a lot? Yeah. Yeah. Because From people who are suffering PTSD, it. do they tell you that? Their nobody, families are more comfortable? Nobody wants to believe you when you say something negative to that extent. Um you know, it's uh, it's the family secret. We don't talk about that. You know, uh, well, it my, continues my, to be the family secret, and mm-hmm. yet, and my favorite I, is you know, walk, walk walk were they not all in the same room with me? Did we mm-hmm. not all just hear this? Because right. now we're eating ganache and you know playing Monopoly. I don't get this. Yes, well, at the same time, you, you know, Carrie too. You know that thing too. Maybe she, maybe she was aware of it. And maybe she feels guilty about not doing something about it, mm-hmm. right? And that's why she just wants to, you know, you know, get rid of it. You don't even want to talk about it because, yeah. because maybe maybe she was well aware of what was going on, didn't do anything about it, and now feels very guilty about that, not that doing anything about it. That is something that died with my grandfather when he died. Mm-hmm. Died with my father. Well, they died three weeks apart, so it died with them when they passed away. I'm sure. I'm sure. And, and if she well, was stunned by it. Well, you know, her her survival mode kicked in and didn't allow her to face it, period, because it's right. nothing, you know. Anyways, moving along. If you don't talk along. about it, it didn't happen. If you didn't talk about if you don't talk about yeah. it, it didn't happen. Yeah, and I think we all know that in our own personal life, yeah. too. It's, uh, even if it's something that uh, we have faced and it acknowledged, it's really put you on a whole different level to be able to acknowledge it publicly or to another human being. It doesn't even have to be publicly, you know? You know, like, right. like you said, just write it down on a piece of paper and don't mail it. You know, but you have to get it out. You can't let that fester in your in your in your psyche because it does fester. It does spread, and you never know when. You know, all of a sudden you're walking down the street and someone who you think is the most wonderful person in the world, and you go to touch their shoulder to say hi, and all of a sudden, you know, this this backhand because now their their uh, self-protection uh, mode goes into and I, I remember right. what happened to me when I was three when my great-grandfather touched me that way and what happened next right you know and right. you know it's oh, well just, it's so complex it's really not easy it and not, not a whole and not something no that we can cover in no. an hour because um 
you know, you can be reacting that way. I mean, you know, it can fester because yeah. you're doubting yourself and the experiences mm-hmm. you had. And was that even real? I mean, I was six or I was yeah. nine or I was, was I 15 dreaming? and I'm almost 50. Was I dreaming? And Did people's react? reaction to you mm-hmm. coming out and something. making accusations. Yeah, it's a it's yeah. a whole bundle of stuff. Mm-hmm. But we're going to have to – I want to have you back if you would agree to that. I know that you said this may be your last interview, so it's something we can discuss off air. But sure. we are running out of time, and we're going to have to wrap this up. But thank you so much for coming, CJ. This was so informative, so enlightening. I'm sure that it, you know, it lessened the burden of a lot of our, our listenership. So I, I'm so glad. Is there anything that you want to say to wrap things up? No, I just want to say I want to thank you so much for this opportunity to get a chance to to speak out on this because we need to have a dialogue. It has to be discussed. It has to be brought out. People have to be shown that this is not a strange or an aberration, that this is something that happens every day and there's nothing wrong for you to say, listen, this happened to me and I don't want to put up with it and I don't want to deal with it anymore. And I want to thank you so much for having me, for you and Michael to have me on the show, to give me the opportunity to, to bring that out to the people who, who are listening. Thank you so much, CJ. Michael, was there anything you wanted to say to CJ before we let him go? Just uh, thank you for coming today and, and sharing with us a, lo- a lot of information. And as Jerry said, too, you know, it's, there's so much more that we can be talking about, you know, and, and definitely if, if you want to come back at any time let us know I'd love to have you back I would love to be back we'll, we'll see uh, we'll, we'll see if we can work something out perfect I'm going to mute you in case you want to listen to the last five minutes or so sure. of the show sure. otherwise you can go back to your computer and listen to it but thank you very much again for coming on CJ love okay. you I love you too bye bye wow that was an amazing hour hey Michael yeah, it was pretty fast. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, like I said, Jeez, we could have up. gone. Yeah, we could have gone so much more into detail as far as you know, post-traumatic stress disorder and the victims and the vicious cycle of victims and abusers and uh, you know, and I think those wow. are more of the things that we'll cover. And I mean, we touched on them all today, but I would like to you know have a more detailed discussion with him at a later date. Absolutely, and um, we did have a lot of listeners and and. Um, you know, I'm sure the archive lessons will will be great once word gets around as well because this has been an amazing show and very informative. So um, is there anything that you wanted to – oh, I want to say before I pass, pass the, the, the baton back to you is that next week, which is Halloween, <laughs> happy Halloween, <laughs> my least favorite holiday of the year. <laughs> Next, well, it used really? to be. No, you know, from last year it was Valenfreak's Day. I used to call Valentine's Day Valenfreak's Day so often that my iPhone cre- self-corrected when I would put in Valentine's, it would put in Valenfreak's. <laughs> <laughs> this year, I'm happily, you know, in a relationship, so this should probably be my first Valentine's Day ever that is not a horrific, dreaded, you know, celebration of. Singledom. <laughs> Anyways, um, no, we we are having on Halloween Warren Bub. He's an actor. If you haven't heard the name, I'm sure that you'll recognize the face as soon as you see him. He's been in a lot of uh, television shows, played a lot of cop parts. Really funny, really fun to talk to. So we will be having him on next week. So, is there anything that you want to say? We got about four minutes left. 
We got four minutes. You know I can fill four minutes really easy. Easily. You know, I, I, can just, <laughs> I can just blabber away forever and ever and ever. You know? That's probably why no women want to date me is because you know, the guy talks too that oh, much, you know. Not <laughs> well, we were talking about your love life sort of or lack of. So we do want to get this dating game started. So I'm going to actively start looking for participants. Uh, we're not being um, discriminating, but... Michael can't get a passport, so you can't be from the U.K. or anywhere else overseas. You can't be from Canada. He's driving interstate, so anybody in the U.S. that's interested in dating Michael, get a hold of either one of us on Facebook. Um, yeah, and, you know, I don't want to spend money on a green card neither, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I'm cheap, yeah. You know, you know I'm cheap. You know I'm so, I'm so cheap. I, I, you know, I'm so tight with my money. I squeak when I walk. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I buy two pounds of toilet paper and make two rolls of toilet paper out of one. Oh. You know, <laughs> 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 it's just I'm very wise with my money, and and and, and I am very tight because there's things that you know I have rolls for too. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping to, to, I got this property on the lake out here in Missouri, and I'm hoping to build a cabin on it here in the very near future. Oh, but, ladies, you know, the uh, woods, no firearms, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, I, and I don't, I, you know, but I, I don't really have a, I, I really don't know if I really have a real specific type of woman other than I don't want her to be uh, a drama a drama queen, you know, I don't want her to be, you know, one who wants to, to beat up on me all the time because I've, uh, as CJ had mentioned too, you know, men have been involved in domestic disputes and, and I've had, it seems like I've had a couple of them that were, you know, pretty pretty violent toward me, so I'm not, I'm not into that, yes, you know, so, you know. You were in, they both were abusive, and I'm not trying to be funny here, that's pretty serious uh, you know, so, so we absolutely you know, so want somebody who's going to treat you as well as i'm being treated right now which neither one of us thought that would happen so we're going to find somebody for you yeah and, you know it'd be neat it'd be neat you know like you were mentioning it'd be neat you know to have a Valentine's day that was actually you know you could share it with someone or even the holidays you know it's like it's like my my co-driver was asking me what are you gonna do for thanksgiving what are you gonna do for christmas i said i'm gonna drive <laughs> <laughs> he said, what, what do you mean you're going to drive? I said, I said, well, what else am I going to do? You know, I'm going to sit here in my truck. We're going to find Michael you know? somebody to spend Christmas with. That's going to be our goal. <laughs> well, uh, and, 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 and when things fly and half race is over, we'll probably get it. <laughs> All right, we're going to take you out by saying thank you so much to all our listeners for listening in today. Join us again next Wednesday, same bat time, same bat channel. Thanks, Michael. We'll talk to you. Yeah, soon. remember we're here. Remember we're here each and every Wednesday. So make make sure you come by and join us each week because every show is different. I can't wait for the phone sex operator. That's I'm, I'm, November seventh. November seventh. Yeah. Bye bye. Yeah, that's going to be that. <laughs> Tune in next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Not Late Night with your hosts, Michael Knight and Terry Francis. This has been a Michael Knight Entertainment Media Production.